With the end of Title 42, a completely unprecedented number of illegal immigrants have been flooding across our southern border every day. Multiple days last week saw over 10,000 daily crossings. It's an invasion, and it's being encouraged by President Biden and the radical left. It's an attack aimed at undermining America's sovereignty and our culture of freedom, with the ultimate goal of tearing down our country and replacing it with a socialist, authoritarian dystopia. Plus, North Carolina Republicans override the Democratic governor's veto of their 12-week abortion ban bill. The Durham report exonerates President Trump and shows that the rule of law has basically come to an end in America. And Miller Lite goes woke. I'm Doug Wardlow, and this is Founding Principles. It is time to go on offense. This is Founding Principles with Doug Wardlow. Our southern border is wide open, so come on in, everyone. Title 42 order, that's no longer in place, and President Biden wants to boost our population with illegal immigrants. Apparently, the six million illegals who have already crossed the border during Biden's time in office, well, those just weren't enough. But wait, this just in from Democrat Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas. He says the border is not open. Repeat, the border is closed. Closed and secure. Let's watch. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. People who cross our border unlawfully and without a legal basis to remain will be pr promptly processed and removed. You see, everything is under control. Our southern border is not a lawless free-for-all where drug cartel smugglers and traffickers are in control, flooding our nation with illegal drugs and migrants. Mayorkas is from the government and he is here to help. We can trust every single thing he says, right? If only that were true. If only he wasn't lying through his teeth and telling us exactly the opposite of what is really happening. If only we could be confident that Mayorkas is not part of a long-term, large-scale plan to undermine our sovereignty and sow chaos and division in our country. Because that is what the radical left's push for illegal immigration is all about. It's one part of their larger plan to tear down America as we know it, discard the Constitution, and build a new godless socialist authoritarian state. I'll talk more about that in a few moments, but first... What exactly is this Title 42 mess we've been hearing about? Well, Title 42 of the U.S. Code was enacted in 1944 as a mechanism to deny entry of people and products into the country when necessary to limit the spread of a communicable disease. Trump invoked the authority in March 2020, and Biden continued its use up until this last Thursday. Title 42 is a public health statute that relates to immigration in general. Under Title 42, which was reinforced with a separate order from the CDC designed to limit the spread of COVID-19, border agents were allowed to expedite the removal of illegal immigrants back to Mexico, sometime within, sometimes within hours. Migrants were not held in a congregate area for processing or given a credible fear interview as required under the process for those seeking asylum. The point was to get them out of the country as fast as possible to limit COVID. The catch, however, was that under Title 42, migrants denied entry are not subject to a formal removal hearing, and thus there was really no penalty for attempting to enter the country illegally, for example, being barred from any entry into the country whatsoever for a number of years. So many people were caught two or three times trying to cross the border. But there is a double catch, if you will. A formal removal hearing is basically a fiction at this point. It's something that almost never happens. And that's because the immigration court system has merely 650 judges working a backlog of over 2 million cases. So the radical left's plan to overwhelm our immigration system and flood the nation with illegal immigrants is, unfortunately, working. Look at the number of Title 42 removals this year, over 430,000, and that was as of March. Add in apprehensions that don't fall under Title 42 and you get 1.2 million removals in just six months. 
Yes, many of those 430,000 migrants removed under Title 42 will attempt to cross illegally uh, once again. But that's only because the Biden administration has made it very clear that they are trying to allow illegals into the country and that enforcement of the border in any real meaningful sense is not a priority for the administration. There is a reason why the Biden administration has been trying for years to get rid of the Title 42 removal authority. Without Title 42 authority, the Border Patrol cannot simply remove illegals back to Mexico on the spot. But being that Biden ended the COVID national emergency in April, all the legal wrangling about Title 42 is now moot. The authority is now gone. So where does that leave us? Well, here's what Texas AG Ken Paxton said in his May 10th press release the day before Title 42 authority expired. He said this, quote, never in our history has a president worked so flagrantly against the interests of our nation and the safety of our citizens. Title 42 is set to expire on May 11th, yet Biden has refused to implement the proven remain in Mexico policy or other sensible methods of deterring illegal immigration. Instead, he has introduced and continued destructive policies with the full expectation that the chaos will worsen. This includes his unlawful parole program that pre-approves huge numbers of aliens to enter the country, his prioritization guidance that directed ICE to shield criminal aliens from deportation, his new overseas processing facilities to fast-track so-called asylum seekers to fly directly into the United States, his collaboration with NGOs to guide illegal immigrants to the border, his provision of taxpayer-funded airplane tickets and other services to aliens while our own citizens struggle financially, and his complicity in the trafficking of minors forced to toil as indentured servants in dangerous jobs. Close quote. Great statement, but it describes a very, very bad situation. Very bad. Now, even Newsweek is reporting on this to some extent. They reported that as of last fall, the average number of monthly border encounters under Biden was 189,000, almost four times the 51,000 per month during the Trump era. President Biden has intentionally created a catastrophe at our southern border. Over 6 million illegal immigrants have crossed our border under his watch, and many of them have remained in our country. In April of 2021, Missouri and Texas sued the Biden administration to prevent Biden from canceling Trump's Remain in Mexico policy. As a result of that lawsuit, DHS was forced to produce volumes of information concerning illegal immigration. Now, if you aren't already sitting down, you might want to do so for this part. The Biden administration has released 1,049,532 illegal immigrants into the interior of the United States. And that was as of May 2020. And that doesn't include 190,053 unaccompanied minors. It's crazy. According to Andrew Arthur at the Center for Immigration Studies, those 1 million plus people released into the country outnumber the total illegal immigrants apprehended by Border Patrol agents in any single year from 2007 to 2020. And the number doesn't even include gotaways. Those are people who evaded capture at the border, were observed, evaded capture, and were never seen again. DHS keeps track of gotaways. In 2022, a record 600,000 illegal immigrants evaded capture and entered the United States. During 2018, 2019, and 2020 combined, there were 415,000 gotaways. This year, we are already at 530,000 gotaways on pace to smash the record set last year. So since Biden took office, DHS record, records show that over 1.5 million gotaways have entered the nation. That is over three times the number of gotaways during the final three years of Trump's administration combined. So how many illegal immigrants has Biden actually let into the country? Well, if you add everything all up and extrapolate into 2023, you get about 3.6 million illegal immigrants. And that doesn't count anyone who has never detected at all. Everyone in the gotaway number was seen or caught on video or otherwise observed at least once. So the real number is therefore very likely quite a bit higher. And Biden still has 19 months left in office. 
So no matter what you hear DHS Chief Mayorkas or Joe Biden say, the numbers do not lie. The southern border is wide open and more illegal immigrants are flowing into the country and staying than ever before. Now, this is no accident. Just recently, the Biden administration announced the creation of processing centers in Guatemala and Colombia that will handle paperwork right there in the migrants' own country. Then the migrants will be fast-tracked right into your unsuspecting town. Everything points to one conclusion. Biden and his leftist allies want as many migrants coming here as they can find, coming in through as many pathways as possible, including pathways that are completely illegal. Look at this estimation of our foreign-born population since 2020 from the Center for Immigration Studies. It skyrockets under leftist leaders. Illegal immigration is the driver, and the numbers would be even higher if the data did not end in February of 2022. Biden is spiking them like he won the Super Bowl. But why? Why is the left flooding our nation with illegal immigrants as fast as they possibly can? Well, it all goes back to the notion of eradicating America's culture of individual liberty. Yes, the Democrats here think they are importing new and loyal left-wing voters. Yes, they want to spread the wealth, as Obama famously said, without knowing he was being recorded. Yes, they are globalists, and they want to spread America's wealth to the rest of the world. And yes, they want to sow chaos and disorder to further their goal of eventually establishing socialism here in America. We know all of that, and those are very concerning and very real things to worry about. The crime and drugs that pour across the border along with the illegal immigrants do real damage to our people. The cartels that control the border are a real danger to peace and security, as are all the people on the terror watch lists that we keep catching as they sneak into the country over the porous border. Add the massive financial drain wrought by countless illegal immigrants who find their way into emergency rooms, New York hotels, the welfare system, and the like, All of it is simply unsustainable, especially given the crushing national debt we've settled settled ourselves with over the years. The pain and suffering caused by our border chaos is real and growing by the day. People die from the crime, the drugs, from the violence on both sides of the border. Well, to the radical left, it is all a necessary consequence, an acceptable cost of pursuing their long-term goal. All the above, the votes, the crime, the chaos, the socialism, they are all goals the Democrats and the left have here in the United States. The left needs votes to march towards socialism within our two-party system. They need the crime and chaos to justify their eventual calls to replace local policing with a national police force, undermining the constitutional freedoms that we hold dear. Illegal immigration fuels both of those reinforcing avenues of attack, one from within, the other from without, all while eating up resources and stretching the financial resources of our nation even further. The people coming here illegally are most often impoverished and largely helpless. They are at the mercy of the U.S. government and the American people. And that is exactly why Biden and the left want as many of them here as possible, as fast as possible. You see, much of the discussion around illegal immigration centers on its economic and legal implications. In addition to the massive illegal immigration Biden and Mayorkas oversee, they've also brought over 4 million foreign workers to the United States. Just this month, Mayorkas boasted to the press, quote, our president has led the largest immigration expansion of legal immigration pathways ever. Well, the largest illegal immigration flow, along with the largest legal immigration expansion, pushes wages down, rent up, and creates more competition for jobs, homes, and resources in general. There are 20 to 25 million illegal immigrants here in the United States right now, and that comes with definite economic consequences that harm American citizens. These harms happen in the free market as a direct economic attack against the American people and their pocketbooks. The migrant crime, drug smuggling, human trafficking, and terror-connected migrants are all obvious issues and problems in need of immediate redress. The ability to enforce laws within and on our borders is essential to the survival of any nation-state. The concept of having a border in general demands it. 
our borders separate our nation laws, culture, traditions, and norms from those of Mexico and Canada. Without a border, everything that makes the United States different and distinct from our neighbors and from every other country in the world, the things that make America exceptional, will gradually erode and decay until there are no meaningful differences. And what is it that makes us different and distinct from our neighbors? What makes our culture worth even having a border to maintain it? In short, well, it's the freedoms we take for granted every day. No other nation enjoys the level of freedom and liberty that we do here in America. And no other nation, and this is key, is built directly on the truth that our freedoms are inherent to all people, granted by God. That's what our Declaration of Independence says right at the beginning. Our God-given freedoms are protected by the legal safeguards of the Constitution through the structural bulwarks against the encroachment of government power, like the separation of powers, the limitation of the federal government to enumerated powers, and federalism and also through the explicit parchment protections of specific rights in the Bill of Rights, starting with religious freedom and free speech. That's why in America, life has never been viewed as cheap, because we recognize that the gift of life given to us by our Creator included in it the gift of our natural rights and freedoms, and because we recognize that it is the duty and main function, the main function of our government, is to protect those individual rights and freedoms. That is American culture. And that is what the left is trying to destroy. Massive illegal immigration is another weapon the left is using to eradicate our culture of God-fearing freedom. The left's goal is to eliminate any connection our rights have to God. Because when rights are seen as merely a gift of the state, well, then the state can easily take that gift away. The pathway to authoritarian socialism and global government are blocked if people believe the truth that their rights have been granted to them by God, and if people believe the truth, that human laws that violate the laws of God are not laws at all. Now, no election can solve this problem for the left. Their only option is to destroy the culture of freedom itself, to erase the notion that government cannot supersede God, and to disconnect the laws of man from the laws of God. Importing millions upon millions of poor, needy, and vulnerable people serve that end ni nicely. Bring them in, pay for just enough of their needs, indoctrinate them in leftism in public schools, and entangle them in government programs. Teach them that America is racist and has done nothing but steal and kill since its beginning. Make them hate the very nation that took them in. Combined with the left's efforts to teach the rest of the nation the same things, the left thinks they can destroy our culture, bring down America, and rebuild a socialist dystopia in its place. But the illegal immigrants, they're really a key for the left's plan. Having not been exposed to America's culture and traditions of freedom, they are easier to manipulate. That's what they think. Illegal immigration is indeed an invasion, and it is also an attack aimed at America's founding principles and culture of freedom. Luckily, there is still time to stave off total defeat. The left strategy needs time to work, a lot of time. We can turn things around and save our freedoms and our sovereignty. Putting an end to illegal immigration now will go a long way to defeat the leftist plans. The border must be enforced, plain and simple. So the upcoming presidential election will have a massive impact on border security and on the ability of the left to succeed with its plans. One more consideration, the left may have miscalculated. The plan of the leftists doesn't sufficiently consider the fact that most illegal immigrants and a huge portion of legal immigrants are Catholic Christians. They may not so easily succumb to leftist indoctrination, particularly on social issues. So we must stop illegal immigration now and slow legal immigration to give migrants a chance to assimilate and come to fully understand and cherish the Constitution and our American culture of freedom and God-given natural rights. We must do everything possible to make sure that immigrants and indeed all Americans understand our founding principles and understand that our government was instituted by means of our Constitution to protect the American people from the evils of human nature and the accumulation of power and government to ensure that mankind's God-given freedoms, which have been thoroughly abused by governments throughout human history, 
are not washed away by people in power who think they know best how to direct the lives of others. We can still save our culture and the freedoms within it. There is still time. President Trump was on the right path. We must return to that path as soon as possible. And we must never lose sight of who is really in charge here. God is watching us. Well, if you like the content that we're providing, please go ahead and like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to the audio podcast, give us a five-star rating. Doing each of those things helps us tremendously. Now on to beyond, behind the headlines. First up today, a huge win for the pro-life movement in North Carolina. North Carolina's Republican-dominated legislature overrode the Democrat governor's veto of their 12-week abortion ban bill, which now will become law and take effect July 1st. The left's reaction was unsurprisingly hysterical. While North Carolina Republicans, by and large, celebrated this huge victory for life, this is very encouraging to see. The message from many rhinos and moderates and squishes after the midterms was that Republicans who fight for social issues like abortion will bring our party to ruin. Leaving aside the moment the idiocy of bending our culture, is that claim true? Well, in short, no. Of course it's not true. It's the opposite of true. It's false. And the opposite is true. Only by going on the offense on abortion and other social issues will Republicans ever win durable majorities in state houses across the country. Let's talk strategy for just a moment. I want to say at the outset, I am unapologetically pro-life. I believe that life is sacred from uh, conception all the way to natural death. We are made in the image of God, the image of our creator, and we are all deserving of life as well as liberty and the pursuit of happiness, just like it says in our Declaration of Independence. So where is the country on this issue? Where are Americans? Well, the left likes to say the vast majority of folks are pro-abortion. Is that really true? They paint the Republicans as fringe weirdos. They say that Americans supported Roe versus Wade and opposed its overturning. Well, that's all a bunch of lies. First off, most Americans don't understand what the holding was in Roe versus Wade, and many misunderstand what overturning the ruling did. If you asked Americans if they believe states should decide what their abortion laws are, you'd likely see at least 55% agree with that sentiment and likely many more. The left intentionally uses certain polls to trick people into thinking a majority agree with their insane platform. As for the, where the country is really at, well, you've got Republicans on one side, Democrats on the other, and most Americans are somewhere in the middle, but actually quite closer, quite a bit closer to the Republican side. Do most Americans support a total ban on abortion? Well, many do, and many do not. But do they support abortion up until the moment of birth, and maybe a few minutes after birth? Very, very, very few Americans do, almost none, except apparently elected Democrats. They're the ones that do. So the Democrat position is far more unpalatable to Americans generally than the Republican position is. And that's because the Democrat's position is beastly and contrary to what most Americans know deep down to be true. Innocent human life must be protected and unborn babies are human lives. So where does the rhino moderate perception that pro-life, the pro-life issue is a loser for Republicans come from? Well, it's simple. The left campaigns on this issue, and all too often, Republicans have been running away from it. Common rhino moderate Republican consensus was for a long time that Roe versus Wade was bad, but there's nothing we can do about it, so let's talk about something else. And people just kind of got in the habit of that, I guess. In the midterms, many state parties, including right here in Minnesota, unfortunately, they encouraged candidates to concede that there is a right to an abortion and then focus on other issues. It's ridiculous, terrible strategy. But if, Republican campaigns, if Republicans campaign as if they are ashamed of our position on critical issues that go to the value of human life itself, why would any independent go along with us on any other issue? We would destroy our own credibility when we do that. And that was the perception of many voters here in Minnesota and in a lot of other states uh, this past midterm election. Now, in Virginia, 
Terry McAuliffe tried making abortion an issue. He failed because Glenn Youngkin, who, he made it very clear that he is pro-life, and he also made it very clear how radical his Democrat opponent, Terry McAuliffe, was on the issue, stating that McAuliffe was, quote, trying to be the abortion governor. And that worked. So what is the bottom line here? If we don't engage on the issues that matter, then we lose. We don't have to make every election about all, all about abortion, of course, and certainly elections are more about some issues. Some elections are more about some issues. Some elections are more about other issues. But right now, Roe versus Wade has been overturned. That's an historic uh, development. It's a great victory for the pro-life cause, and it's a turning point. And it means that we must focus right now on making sure that that huge victory means something by pushing the envelope and campaigning for life. There has never been a more important time to stand up for unborn children. We now, for the first time in decades, have the ability to pass laws through state legislatures that restrict abortion. That's what we should be doing. We need to be campaigning on it now. Now is the time. To abandon the issue now, to abandon the culture war at this critical moment, well, that's the path to certain destruction, both in terms of our culture and in terms of electoral chances for Republicans. So good for North Carolina Republicans. Their decision to override the governor's veto of their 12-week abortion ban is a courageous move that should inspire Republicans across the country to be bold and to stand up for our core conservative principles. All right. Second, the long-awaited report has been released. The Durham report. The report fully and completely exonerates President Trump. What does this mean? Well, the mainstream media is convicted of being liars who are paid to shill for the Democratic Party. It means Hillary Clinton and operatives of the Democratic Party knowingly concocted and pushed a false narrative that wasted taxpayer resources going after a completely innocent man trying to rig an election. It means the FBI is no longer an independent institution, but rather a political institution. It means the rule of law has basically come to an end in America, and that the law is a tool to be wielded against political enemies. That's certainly how the Democrats see it, that's how they used it, and that's how the FBI used the law. And the Durham report shows all of that. But other than all of that, everything's just fine. And how do we know this report completely exonerates President Trump? Well, you can read the over 300-page report for yourself. It's dense and not all that interesting, but you can do that. It's guaranteed to make you very angry. Another way to understand just how significant the report is and how perfectly it exonerates President Trump is to observe the reaction of the never-Trump crowd. Jake Tapper, he admitted that this report exonerated the president to some degree. Bill Barr acknowledged that it exonerated Trump even though he doesn't want Trump to lead the Republicans going forward. Now, it's telling when your critics have to concede to certain facts that they don't want to concede to. Many of these people despise President Trump, but understand that even with their total control of institutions in this country, they can't continue to use the Russiagate nonsense against him. And that's saying something because they are willing to lie about an awful lot. What does this mean for our politics? Hopefully a lot, but we shall see what happens. From the left's perspective, their failure to make a case against President Trump is a canary in the coal mine. Sen they sense that their power is slipping, even if it's just a little bit of their power. The truth is a very powerful thing. If we keep working to get real information out there, we just might be able to win the war of ideas. All right. Third and finally today, Nick Adams is a conservative personality on Twitter. He's a comedian of sorts that pushes a conservative message by using a hyperbolic conservative alpha male persona. It's really quite funny. Here he is discussing the recent Miller Lite controversy. Let's watch. Hey guys, Nick Adams here. Well, this early evening, I am enjoying a nice cold yingling. You know why? Number one, I like yingling, but number two, Miller Lite has gone woke. And what goes woke must get bent. What goes woke must go broke. 
Yeah, so if you haven't heard, Miller Lite has decided to join Bud Light in their woke politics and release a woke ad of their own. Why would they do this? Well, who knows? Maybe they think conservatives will get defeated and give up on the Bud Light boycott. Perhaps they think that if the major beer companies come out as completely woke, we'll have nowhere to turn. I hope that's not the case. The conservative boycott of Bud Light has resulted in huge, lo huge losses for the company. Anheuser-Busch has been in full panic mode for a while now, recently releasing two commercials that are obviously pandering to conservatives. Two executives were fired and several press releases were put out by their crisis management team. Anheuser-Busch is clearly hurting. What this proves is that conservatives can mount a successful boycott. It requires work and sacrifice, but we can do it. It helps, of course, that Bud Light and Miller Lite are terrible and they taste awful, so boycotting them is kind of easy. Uh, if you disagree with that, I'm sorry, you're just wrong. But what's important right now is to show corporate America that if, you, if they alienate over 50% of the country, we will cut your sales by 50%. In the case of these beer companies, it's likely more than 50%. The vast majority of beer drinkers are not gung-ho LGBT agenda enthusiasts. That's an understatement. Maybe we can make a beer company that is explicitly conservative. It's not impossible. But until then, we should boycott the companies that are, that are doing the most they possibly can to show their woke credentials. They need to be boycotted. It also could be that Miller Lite and Bud Light are colluding. If so, one has to wonder, are they engaging in illegal anti-competitive behavior? Well, who knows? But one thing is certain. If they lose enough money, they will be, abandoned to force, uh, be forced to abandon the poison of the transgender ideology. Well, that's all for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like the content that we are providing, please go ahead and like the video, subscribe to the channel, drop a comment into the comment section. If you're listening to the audio podcast, give us a five-star rating. Doing all those things helps us tremendously and helps grow the show and multiply its impact. And remember one more thing, the CCP must be destroyed.